So speaking of the MLK thing, the other night I was watching Jeopardy and there was a question that pertained to Star Wars. It was basically saying who played like the voice for Darth Vader. And I'm sitting on my couch and I was like, James Earl Ray. Like, and my roommate like real slowly turned and looked at me and was like, are you sure about what that did you, What like, did you smoke her? Wait a minute, James Earl Jones. James, James Earl Jones. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. I got a concealed carry for bowling equipment. <laughs> and Ryan. Listen, when I told you about that sedentary, like, just kind of feeling sore because I haven't really done much over the past few days, I, I'm going to directly attribute that to I got blackout curtains, finally, for my room. Ah, uh, there you go. Dude, listen. Sleeping like a baby? Pitch black at, like, 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. I slept 16 hours. First night, 16 hours straight. <laughs> just hibernated like a bear? <laughs> oh, my. Because it was, like, 30. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was, it was real cold. cold. outside. Yep. And it was dark, and I was just like, oh, this is amazing. God, it's still dark outside. Cool. And I roll over. It's like four in the afternoon. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hate that when I was younger, and I would fall asleep at like, you know, 2.30. Like, as I was just, just bored. The sun was shining in the summer, and you're just sitting there on the couch, and you just pass out. Nobody wakes mm-hmm. you up. Like, nobody bothers to say anything, and then it's 6 o'clock. <laughs> you wake up. It's <laughs> fucking dark outside. You don't know what year it is. You're sweaty, the collar of your shirt's all like, you know, like, oh, yeah. pulled out, <laughs> stretched out. Yeah. It's a solid, like, 20 minute process to get out of that haze. And then you can't fucking go to sleep later at the after oh, night. It's you terrible. Know, trying to go to bed. It's like yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, shit. The worst is getting woken up out of that haze, like, emergently. Like, you gotta actually get up and do something real quick. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. I, I need you stroke? to put this, change the laundry. Ah, oh, fuck. What day is it? Is it my turn this time? What? What? Uh, so, speaking of sleep-deprived youths, uh, who are we talking about this week? Uh, today, boys, we're going to be talking about the assassination of one Robert F. Kennedy. <gasps> Who's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> is that uh, Saran Saran? Sirhan Sirhan? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I believe it's, it's Sirhan Sirhan. Probably like Saran Saran, because it it's Arab. Yeah. They called him Sirhan Sirhan. Like that was how yeah. it, it was the CEIA, Mind Control, MK. The CEIA? You heard me. <laughs> the CEIA. Did I stutter? By some local Rhode Island like <laughs> libertarians. Run by the Rhode Island uh, Lions Club. <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy, right? Yes. yes. The F. The F stands when Robert for Francis Russia. Kennedy. The F, the F stands for Francis. <laughs> you don't know this, but he was a little bit Italian. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of Italian in him. My dad's middle name is Francis. Yeah? Lighten up, Francis. Yeah. <laughs> Lighten up. That's a good movie. I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, Stripes? Yeah. With Bill with Bill Murphy. Yeah. I've literally <laughs> I've seen Stripes like once, I think. Uh, I used, used to come on Comedy Central like every day. Be like, hey, what's on Comedy Central? I feel, oh, Stripes. Oh, that's good. 
Well, I think like that was when I had seen it when it was on. Like, I think Comedy day. Central was at some point. It was like you know how we all like with streaming, we all have like the show. There's the show that you can return to, and you'll Always. just watch it. Like for me, it's it's going to be either The Simpsons, The Office, or Seinfeld. I can watch them over and over and over again, right? Absolutely. Um, I feel like the network like uh, programmer for Comedy Central was that guy in the nineties. <laughs> And he he really fucking likes stripes like that, and he liked like eight heads in a duffel bag. Like he used to watch oh my God, a duffel bag. That fucking uh. movie was on every week. It was ridiculous. He's so good. How about you put that other so one? You don't know what good. to put on. Right, wait, we could do the Roseanne Barr stand up, or we could do uh, eight heads in a duffel bag. I do eight heads. Comedy Central was great when after like eleven o'clock at night, it was nothing but stand up until like maybe yeah, three or four in the they had like the and then they yeah. get paid advertisements I, that would come on. But like that block of six hours was just oh, incredible. Hey, this just in, DeSantis just dropped out of the race. Shut oh. the fuck up. Yep. Shut the fuck just up. Just got the Why? news. <laughs> you know, I was you know I was hoping Kinky Boots would have pulled through, but. <laughs> Kinky oh, boots. There it what is. A, Listen, what an awful, like, look, I'm not going to get too <laughs> political here, but what an awful, awful campaign. Like, what a mismanaged, horribly mismanaged there, campaign. There was a really good article in The Spectator, which I think is a conservative uh, periodical. Probably. But it was. Did it was say a, it periodical? What year is this? Hey, I, I oh, use yeah, the you're, po- you're, a li- use- you're a library guy, so that's fine. <laughs> It's the technical term, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't you you Philistine. Well, per- technically, with Steve. <laughs> anyway, but, I was in. I was in the bathroom reading a periodical. <laughs> I read the most interesting article in the New Yorker the other day. Um, so I was. I, Jesus it got, Christ! It got posted because it was this like right wing like influencer, and that they had got flown out to like talk about his campaign and like say what he needs to do. And apparently, he was like the only guy there who was just telling them how like terrible the campaign was. And everybody mm-hmm. was in denial, and even though it was like supposed to be a constructive criticism thing, like all the camp- campaign people were like offended that he told them that it was like terrible and that his book was terrible and like everything about this like doesn't make him want to vote for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it was just like all that, and they were just in denial. And he even pointed out the fact that everybody, because they had like veteran campaign workers for it, but they were all people who worked for Ted Cruz. And he pointed out that like no one, no one in this campaign has ever won a campaign. <laughs> Oh, dude! You just make you just make a team boots, of like the Milwaukee Brewers, like the, like Bench the, the boots <laughs> and boots, and himself with losers and the positions and like the oh, just there's oh my god, just to- what an idiot! My he's this is the deal. He's just a complete lack of charisma. To be a president, yeah. you have to have that that level of ability to bullshit and make people think you're like the everyman regular guy yeah that's why obama and hillary would go to bars and have like pictures of them having a beer with people and it wouldn't look forced you know what i'm saying well hillary kind even of bush, maybe a little bit even bush he yeah. but hillary did kind of look like a like a mom enjoying a beer for the first time so she had that down you know yeah obama yeah. looked like he was just like well, Let, let's chill, you know. And so did but, Bush. So did Bush, you know. Yeah. So, but this toaster strudel goes to a bar, and he just looks so uncomfortable. The laughing, and just out of place. The and yeah, laughing. The laughing. Oh my god! What a it's, what a terrible oh god. thing! It's like, dog, you you're, you the optics are terrible. That is why you're gonna. Okay, lose. so well, not on policies, optics. Well, just you know, uh, now that we got past one dead presidential campaign, let's talk about the uh, dead president <laughs> or the dead. Did Biden die? Another dead presidential <laughs> campaign. 
Nah, Joe nah Brady Biden guy? won't die. He'll he'll live to be like 108. You know? Yeah. He's just, he'll be like yeah. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. I'm pretty Does sure he, Jimmy he, Carter's like shrunk too. I just I just want they'll to still live be trying to enough. pin like uh, the Watergate scandal on Hunter Biden. You know, listen, I just want to live long enough for Hunter Biden to troll Republicans to be like, hey, listen, I'm running for president just to watch. Did you see that? Like, God, we're really getting political here. But did you see that Hunter Biden clip like where he was in? They they asked him to come. He said he would. Then they didn't do it. Then they did. They had a committee meeting and he was there and they were talking like shit about him while he was just sitting right there. And they were like, oh, yeah, they got mad. He said he wouldn't show up. He wouldn't show up. And then like the Democratic guy came on, uh, you know, again. To the voice of reason in the room, unfortunately, are the Democrats, and they're just like, he's just like, he's right there. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? He's right there. Anyway, and then they get mad. Anyway, they get mad that he showed up, and they're like, "Well, you invited him." Bunch of fucking meandering idiots. Two tax dollars, people. So when Robert Francis Kennedy was born in Brookline, Massachusetts, and hey, hometown boy, let's go on November twentieth, nineteen twenty-five. Actually, Brook- Brookline's a bunch of uppity motherfuckers. That's rich. Era, I'm not Kennedy. uppity. <laughs> that was my brother. In uh, in 1948, he visited uh, what was then uh, the British territory of Palestine, and he wrote six dispatches for the Boston Post. Hmm. In these, dispatch? he just dis- what is a dispatch? Um, a just just sort of like <laughs> like sort sort of like edit like. Like almost like editorial articles that he like. Oh, so he, he, was sends, a, he was like one of them dickheads for the opinion column. I would say it was like opinion. He was just sort of like, um, he was there, and then he wrote some articles about it that they accepted. Oh, okay, okay. Um, in these articles, he dismissed the possibility of Israel becoming a a communist state, um, which he called fantastically absurd, and. And he um, and he also referred to Israel as the only stabilizing factor remaining in the near and Middle East. For that recently, um, one uh, Sirhan Sirhan uh, was born on March nineteenth, nineteen forty four, in Jerusalem. Then, um, uh, then within the uh, the territory of Palestine, to an Arab Christian family. Yeah, his father, Joey, two times. <laughs> Actually, actually, name him Sir Hans. Two times. Wait, what do you want to name him? Had been to jail three times. (laughs) What do you want to name him, Sir Hans? Sir Han? Or wait, I don't understand. You know, Sir Han. Sir Han. What do you want? Wait. Is it okay? Listen, is is it Sir Han? Sir Han? Or does he have more of a name? And Sir Han? Sir Han is just what it's shortened. You ever watch Game of Thrones? He's Sir Hand, the uh, Hand of the King. (laughs) Uh, Sir Han's like his first name, and Sir Han is like his. like his, uh, I guess his like family name, and then his like, because uh, Arab names are kind of odd how they work, uh, and like relative to, um, like like sort of like English names. Okay. Yeah. Um, because usually like you're you're um you're usually named after your like father. Um, it's like your um like what would generally be considered like your surname. Like it's mm-hmm. complicated. Okay. Um, but his like middle name is uh, Bashara. Okay, okay. I remember when I went through customs day at one time. They asked me about. They asked me what my surname was, and I was so confused because I was like, "What? what? You've said this I before, I think. Yeah, 
Yeah. I was just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what is his surname? <laughs> Ryan? Ryan? My name's Ryan. <laughs> Ryan? 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 He's Ryan? just looking at me. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know what his surname is. On your driver's license. Fucking American. What's the second <laughs> like, thing that it says after your first name? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm just an American, dude. It's, it's, my name's Ryan. <laughs> like, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm not going to say my last name, but yeah, like, yeah. you my full name, and he's just like staring at me. I'm just like, what, man? <laughs> He's Irish, so we're going to call him McGee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So around the same time that Robert Kennedy is writing these dispatches for the Boston Post, um, Sirhan, at the age of four, he and his father um, almost escape or escape a, uh, a, a, an exploding bomb during the, uh, during the 1947, 1949 Palestine war. This incident, what? That's a much different lived experience than Robert F. Kennedy. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> hey, what did you do this morning? I didn't even get to eat breakfast today. Oh, I ran away from a bomb with my dad. We just barely made it out. Fuck. <laughs> um, it's much the, uh, the, the incident, according to author Mel Ayton, uh, had a psychological effect on young Sirhan. Oh, no oh, fucking kidding. <laughs> did it? Um, he would, you don't say. He would uh, also he witness... never the same. <laughs> he would also... Uh, uh, witness other violent incidences during his childhood. Um, he would also be physically abused by his father, oh. and he would witness the death of his older brother, um, who was run over by a military truck that was trying to avoid sniper fire. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus. Robert F. Kennedy lost his blukers while he was coming back from a casual yachting dinner. Jesus in in 1956, uh, Sirhan, along with his family, would emigrate to the United States. Um, he he had opposed uh, emigration to the United States at that time, um, at that time being uh, 12, um, because he'd said, the U.S. was against the Arabs and was friendly with Israel, and a friend of my enemy is my enemy. This guy's just, just I'm loving using, using the proper term, emigrate from. Um, <laughs> emigrate once to, in, emigrate from. Uh, once, uh, once he was in the United States, uh, he would receive an, uh, he would uh, receive above average grades, um, at school and would join the uh, the officer cadet corps. That's Sirhan. Sirhan or is that kid? <laughs> That's Sirhan. <laughs> oh, wait, for um, real? Yeah. Um, oh, during, shit, okay. Right. During his uh, late teenage years, um, Sirhan's father uh, would abandon the family, um, his sister uh, would die, and two of his brothers were arrested and he was expelled from Pasadena City College. Um, Sirhan obviously held strongly anti-Zionist and pro-Palestinian beliefs. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's odd. <laughs> I, I can't. It's an odd position to take. I mean, you know. I don't really understand it. There's a guy I saw in the news recently, Netanyahu. He said they're doing nothing wrong, so I just go with it. <laughs> you know, maybe if you watch that video where Gail Godot sings uh, "Imagine," he would, <laughs> he would begin to see things differently. Oh my god. Um, her uniform 19- and rifle, her galil are in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1960, uh, John F. Kennedy, Robert's elder brother, was elected president of the United States and appointed Robert as the U.S. Attorney General. Um, during his tenure, uh, RFK served as uh, JFK's close advisor and was associated with various decisions during the Kennedy administration. There, uh, those socks don't match that blazer. <laughs> Honestly, the uh, like Robert F. Kennedy, the whole okay. Look, the whole Kennedy's. I'm not. This is gonna be kind of you know 
controversial. The whole Kennedy family was asking for it to get killed. Like the way that they approached politics and the policies yeah. that they set forward and their no, they, um, they burned you know, the bridges. things that they set out to yeah, they burnt bridges, dude. Like this was from yeah, Joe Kennedy. I hate all to the way be up. like you know they had it coming, but. They they had they were bringing these kind of heat onto themselves. Yeah, you know, pe- people talk about the candy curse, but it's more around the curse of people who fuck around and, yeah. and subsequently yeah, it's, find it's out. It's not that they had coming. It's, it's a fuck around and find out kind of thing. You know, like fucked around with the wrong people. Yeah, it's it's amazing that uh, Joe Kennedy, nothing other than his like kids dying. Not, nothing bad ever happened to him because he was a real. Uh, oh yeah, all, real all piece of shit. Children dying. <laughs> yeah. Nothing bad has happened. What's, to him. All the old What's, relatives up north used to just talk about them all the time. Joe Kennedy was a rum runner, just constantly. But oh, he's because uh, yeah. like my entire family in Boston just talk shit about the Kennedys. Because like Joe Joe Kennedy sucked and like had terrible terrible politics and was a coward and all these other things. But at least like JFK and RFK were actually like wanted to do like good. What's your opinion of um, uh, RFK uh, Senior or whatever the, the other guy? Oh, you mean you mean RFK Junior? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll he'll he'll come up. Head cheese phone. cures COVID. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. I'm sorry, it, it works. Yeah, you no problem. You're not. Yeah. You don't. You don't have that like Hep C voice. All you gotta voice, do so. is, is inject some baloney into your veins, and you'll be totally fine. Him and Alex Jones get together. There's not a single voice in the room. Well, I'll say, is that Jesse the Body Venture? <laughs> have you heard RFK speak? <laughs> I have not. Oh my god, dude. His, he sounds his, like he's his... swallowed raw gravel. RFK or RFK Jr.? RFK Jr. Junior. Junior. Okay. His his voice is uh, messed up from using uh, unclean needles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he used unclean needles. In the, in the 80s when well, he was he doing heroin. Well, he cleaned them, but the thing is he used hydroxychloroquine to clean them, you know? So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. But according to author Matthew A. Hayes, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, RFK acted as, quote-unquote, de facto chief of staff, presidential agent, and intermediary for his brother, and was a, quote-unquote, indispensable partner in its successful resolution. In November of 1963, um, JFK is assassinated, and Robert was deeply affected by it. Um, Then-Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson assumed the presidency and retained almost all prominent Kennedy advisors, including RFK as Attorney General. In 1964, polls showed that various Democrats wanted Kennedy to be Johnson's running mate in that year's presidential election. Uh, Kennedy instead organized his senatorial campaign in New York, challenging Kenneth Keating, an incumbent Republican senator. During a campaign speech, uh, Kennedy declared his support for Israel, stating that in the event of an attack, quote unquote, we will stand by Israel and come to her assistance. Um, he won the election, and during his congressional career, he supported the uh, civil rights and opposed uh, um, LBJ's policies regarding the Vietnam War. In 1966, while pursuing a career as a jockey, uh, Sirhan uh, fell from a running horse. Uh, suffering minor injuries. This man was a jockey and went on to to cap someone. What he was like an unsuccessful <laughs> jockey. Oh, that's that's bad. That's like a Hitler um, beginning story. You know, he always wanted to be a <laughs> jockey, God. but just wasn't wasn't naturally good at it. I it's, mean, it's on the list of like things like warning signs. It's like <laughs> like bad landscape, boring landscape <laughs> painter, <laughs> jockey. <laughs> uh. I just want to point out that Robert F. Kennedy looks fucking goofy as hell, man. Like, I, I put that picture up just so you guys can see it. Like, he's just a goofy looking dude. <laughs> he just needs he just needs a good haircut. This needs a glow up. Oh man, 
man, I don't know if it's like the buck teeth or what it is, but oh man. But uh, from what I understand, he was considered attractive back in the day. I don't know, man. Era, look at my teeth. Era. <laughs> they look like chiclets. They could grind these down. Era. Um, a friend of Sirhan said that after this incident, um, Sirhan was quote unquote impatient, nervous, emotional, and always in a hurry. <clears throat> so I think likely that even though it seems like the injuries he suffered from the fall were minor, yeah. it very obviously uh, had some sort of uh, neurological impact on him. I was going to say, that's basically uh, not a good disposition to be a jockey, you know, around horses. <laughs> you do not want to be a nervous, like, emotional person <laughs> around horses. They will fucking hurt you. Yeah, well, horses they, they horses love horses that. Tell? Can't they tell? Yes, horse, yeah, they can. horses can totally read people's, like, body language and emotions and stuff. Yeah, horses really like it if you jump up behind them and yell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's one good way to lose some ribs. You just get fucking kicked yeah. right in the ribs. Oh, dude, dude, it's crazy. One time, my my neighbor, because we have horses next door, and my neighbor, uh, he like uh, was working on a car and it backfired, uh-huh. and uh, it was super loud. Like it sounded like a fucking shotgun went off, and um, the horses were in the yard and they got spooked. And uh, I walked over to the one horse, and I didn't realize that they, the horses were spooked. <laughs> and it, like, ran up towards the fence and kicked its back feet up, like, over the fence. I was about a foot away. Oof. Like, I was a foot away from dying, basically. <laughs> taking a hook. Oh, my God, face. dude. It's like taking a goddamn softball bat to the face. I mean, like, you're, you're dead. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Um, during the search of Sir Han's home... Um, after the assassination, um, he would write an entry in his diary, Robert Kennedy must be assassinated. My determination to eliminate RFK well, is becoming more and more of an unshakable obsession. RFK must on, die. Uh, truth.social. RFK must be killed. <laughs> I'm starting to like lean into the conspiracy of the CIA. Because <laughs> that just sounds insane CIA. to just have laying around your apartment. Um, both before and after the shooting, it was noted that Sir Han appeared disoriented. Um, Mary uh, Gross, a uh, teletype operator, recalled Sirhan staring at a hotel teletype machine in a trance-like state, remarking, I'll never forget his eyes. He just kept staring. A teletype machine's like a like a predecessor to a fax machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Herbert, Herbert Spiegel, a Columbia University psychologist, said that Sirhan was probably induced via hypnosis into firing a gun in the direction of Kennedy without knowing what he was doing and without being able to recall either the events or the process of having been programmed. Uh, Spiegel suggested that he was in a state of hypnotically induced amnesia during the time of his arrest as well as afterwards. Wow. Um, Is that hypnosis bullshit though? Like you can't hypnotize somebody to do something that they wouldn't ordinarily do. Yeah. That's apparently what it is. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things too, where that like, if the CIA could like program people to, to kill like that, like why is, why is Fidel Castro? Why did, why did he die of natural causes and outlive like all the guys that tried to kill him? Yeah, like all that all that uh, hokey horse shit with like the being able to program like super assassins and all that stuff. It's like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because I feel like if the if there were the, people they you know, wanted dead for years, not just Castro. There were so many people that they wanted to to just knock off, and they could have done it if they had that power. They didn't have it. That's why they never yeah. got done. It's not like they like, fucking play Journey and it activates the fucking sleeper cell, you know. 
Don't if they just played stop. Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, just... relax. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down there, Zoolander. Um, in uh, the night in 1968, um, uh, that uh, that primary presidential uh, campaign has been referred to as one of the most volatile campaigns in American history. Um, during this campaign, there was strong opposition to the ongoing Vietnam War, and it was a period of social unrest with riots in major cities. Howard K. Lowenstein, a Democratic politician, organized a Dump Johnson movement to prevent uh, Johnson's nomination as a presidential candidate and asked Kennedy to run instead. Uh, Kennedy refused, asserting that he did not want to split the Democratic Party. Era. Uh, you. <laughs> Eugene McCarthy, a U.S. senator from Minnesota, then emerged as the leader of the Dump Johnson movement and entered several state presidential primaries. That's a hell of a shitty thing to be announced as the head of. I'm the head of the Dump Johnson movement. It just sounds weird. It's awful. Now, do you mean Dump Johnson over out there in in Antler Hollow? I know Dump Johnson. (laughs) Um, In the hell, I went to high school with him. I know that guy. In late 1968, the Tet Offensive, uh, after the Tet Offensive happened oh, in Vietnam, uh, in the view of historian uh, Lloyd Gardner, it quote-unquote shattered hopes that the war could be won within a reasonable period of time, if ever, and broke open the cracks in the Democratic coalition. I'm still waiting for a 36-parter on the Vietnam War, goddammit. I don't think it needs that many. <laughs> Ken, Bur- Ken Burns already did all the work for us. So. Yeah. No, I don't want to listen to Ken Burns. I, I dude, to- I love listening to Ken Burns. One of my favorite well, bits I- of this uh, podcast is when Steve did the the Ken Burns letter, like to, from the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I don't want to listen to Ken Burns because I want Steve to teach me about it. No, <laughs> I want Steve to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh. On March twelfth, nineteen sixty-eight. In the New Hampshire Democratic primary, uh, McCarthy nearly defeated Johnson with 42% uh, to Johnson's 49% of the votes. Mm. Four days later, Kennedy announced his presidential campaign. On March 31st, Johnson announced that he would not seek the presidency. And what year is this that he was announcing this? 1968. 1968, okay. So we're here. Um, we're, in the, we're in the year. We're coming up to it then. Uh, four days later, uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Uh, leading to uh, further riots in several cities. Yeah, there's a popular video of RFK, like uh, telling the crowd that it happened. Yeah, and then also uh, Kennedy, who was in Indianapolis that day, gave a speech saying, uh, "What we need the United St- uh, What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another and a feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country." Whether they be white or whether they be black, let us dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. There was also uh, no, no riot in Indianapolis that day, which um, it's, it's said that like RFK speaking like that and appealing um, to people as he did in the wider speech uh, helped uh, calm things down there. So you mean when people are about to like riot, like maybe have like you know 
I guess you could use the phrase insurrection, that if the president gets up and addresses them, that they might calm down. Huh. Well, he was a presidential candidate. Well, you know, like somebody of you know importance. Like, yeah, like some, someone now. comes to them with empathy and, right. you know, addresses it's a tragedy. Right. And it's not like, yeah, not like just, just gets up in front of a microphone and says, you know, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't an insurrection. It was just some fine people. <laughs> so speaking of the MLK thing the other night, I was watching Jeopardy and there was a question that pertained to Star Wars. It was basically saying who played like the voice for Darth Vader. And I'm sitting on my couch. And I was like, James Earl Ray. Like, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And my roommate, like, real slowly turned and looked at me and was like, are you sure about what that did one? You, what like, did you smoke earlier? Wait a minute, James Earl Jones. James, James Earl, Earl Jones. Jones, man. He's the one who did the da- – after he capped uh, Martin, he went straight on to fame as a voice actor. He, did, he said all his lines from prison. Like James books on Earl TV. Ray Jones Jr. The, it, was, it was the confidence with which I said it that kind of even floored me. I was like, wait a minute. That's not right. That's my favorite boxer, James Earl Ray Jones Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Oh, man. Um, In April of 1968, Vice President President Hubert Humphrey announced his candidacy for the presidency. Yeah, the Humpty Hump campaign. He would uh, would mostly avoid the the primaries um, and focused on states which held caucuses. Yeah, he loved caucuses. Um, He was often talking about how he once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> Definitely don't have to ask how to pronounce his name. My name is Humphrey. I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, contrary to what Kennedy was doing, uh, Humphrey did not publicly oppose the Vietnam War. Uh, the California presidential primary elections were held on June 4th, 1968. Um, polls by CBS showed Kennedy leading by 7%. Um, statewide results gave Kennedy 46% to McCarthy's 42%. He he also won the South Dakota primary, winning approximately fifty percent of the vote. Um, off, uh, author uh, Joseph uh, Palermo uh, referred to the victory as Kennedy's greatest. Um, he was now in second place with three hundred ninety-three um, and a half total delegates uh, against Humphrey's five hundred and sixty-one and a half delegates. Um, at approximately twelve o two a.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time the next day, uh, Kennedy addressed his campaign supporters in the Ambassador's Hotel, uh, Hotel's Embassy Ballroom in the uh, mid uh, Wilshire area of Los Angeles. Oh boy, here Wilshire Boulevard, the Ambassador's <laughs> Hotel. Here we go. Uh, at the time, the government did not provide Secret Service protection for presidential candidates. <laughs> what? Um, wait a minute. Wait a well, minute. you know, Ryan, live and learn. I mean. It's his, his brother. His brother was fucking murdered. Well, okay, for presidential candidates. Okay, never mind. Okay. Well, they um, did Ken- that one, so they knew that it couldn't happen again. I mean, <laughs> never. I mean, they There's offed no his brother, so they knew. You know, like, we got no current plans for the, the 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 brother. We got nothing. Let's let's just Robert, say if fine. something we just, happens, we got, we got the playbook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Kennedy's uh, only security personnel at that time were a, formal, uh, a former uh, Federal Bureau of Investigations agent, uh, William Barry, um, and two unofficial bo- bodyguards, uh, Olympic decathlon gold medalist, uh, Rafford Johnson, and former uh, football player, uh, Rosie Grier. 
Yeah, that's just that's just all right. That's a little. At approximate. That, per, personally, I find that I'm with Ryan on this now more than I'm thinking about it. Like, what the hell is he thinking? He has three bodyguards. Yeah, his brother got gunned down. He got shot in the fucking head. Literally five years earlier. Yeah, like he should maybe like. Is it hubris? I would be chilling out with making all public appearances. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, crowds. but I'm just wondering if like there was any like uh, hubris there. Like I, I'm okay. The, the people love me. I mean, I it's just like it's just like his brother's hubris in Dallas. Like he went into Dallas knowing that Dallas was like not not a friendly place to him. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, we'll be fine. We don't have to put the top on the car. We're fine. It seems like that hubris runs in the Kennedy family, where it's not, nah, man. I'll Maybe, be fine. Yeah. I got a couple bodyguards. It's an ambassador hotel. They, you know, my brother got killed. People feel bad for me. Nobody's gonna kill. Like, doesn't they did it to my brother? They're not gonna kill me too, right? Right. Mm. At approximately twelve ten a.m., uh, concluding his victory speech, Kennedy said, "So my thanks to all of you, and on to Chicago, and let's win there." No, that's not what he said. He said, "Thank you to everyone except Sirhan Sirhan, the failed jockey <laughs> asshole." That's what he said. <laughs> And then all hell breaks loose. I mean, he said, I'm going to go walk through the kitchen for a tasty midnight snack. If anybody wants to shoot me, that's where I'll be in about five minutes. I've got better jockeys in my underwear drawer. That's what he said. Hey, (laughs) hey, yo. (laughs) Um, Kennedy had planned to walk through the ballroom after speaking on his way to another gathering of supporters. uh, But reporters wanted a press conference. Uh, campaign aide Fred Dutton decided that Kennedy would forego the second gathering and instead go through the hotel's kitchen and pantry area behind the ballroom to the press area. The Dutton Ranch. Fred Dutton of the Dutton Ranch. <laughs> uh, Kennedy had welcomed uh, contact uh, with the public during the campaign, and people had often tried to touch him in excitement. Um, soon after Kennedy concluded the speech, um, he started to exit through the ballroom when Barry stopped him and said, No, it's been changed. We're going this way. Barry and Dutton began clearing a way for Kennedy to go left uh, through swinging doors to the kitchen corridor, but he was hemmed in by the crowd and followed the uh, the uh, maitre d' um, of the hotel, uh, Carl uh, Euchre, uh, through a back exit. Uh, Euchre led Kennedy uh, through the kitchen area, holding his right wrist, but frequently uh, releasing it as Kennedy shook hands with people whom he encountered. Uger and Kennedy started down a passageway narrowed by an ice machine and a steam table to the north. Hmm. Um, Kennedy turned to his left, shook hands with uh, Juan Romero, um, just as Sirhan Sirhan stepped down from a low tray stacker beside the ice machine, rushed past Uker, and repeatedly fired an eight-shot twenty-two-caliber uh, long rifle um, Ivor Johnson Cadet 55 uh, revolver um, at point blank range. Jesus Christ! What's it? Fucking the that goddamn the, the goddamn name hits bigger than the bullets. I mean, jeez. It took anyway. It's a twenty-two long rifle. Actually, shoot that dude. Twenty-two. It's a twenty-two long rifle handgun. That's all you need to know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy fell to the floor, which is commonly include- used to like put people down when you're playing paintball. You know. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Let me just interject real quick and say that it is the position of the trilateral troika that you should not go to play paintball with twenty-two LR rounds. That is a joke. It is in jest. It was, a, it was in poor taste. You should use nothing but <laughs> paintballs in your paintball nine hopper. millimeter. Wait, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, paintballs. 
<laughs> you should use five five six like a normal red blooded American. <laughs> um, Kennedy fell to the four. Others, including writer George, where did uh, he Plimpton. shoot him? Uh, he got shot um, at a bunch of places. He was shot like uh, he emptied the clip into him. Oh, okay, he emptied. But I thought like was it was it torso or head or? Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, uh, Kennedy fell to the four. Others, including writer George Plimpton and, and Greer, uh, tried to disarm Sirhan as he continued firing his gun in random directions. Five other people uh, were wounded. Uh, William uh, Weissel of uh, ABC News, uh, Paul Schrade of the United Auto, um, Automobile Workers Union, Democratic Party activist Elizabeth Evans, Ira Goldstein uh, of the Continental uh, News Service, and Kennedy campaign volunteer Erwin Stroll. A minute later, Sirhan wrestled free and grabbed the revolver again, but others grabbed him. Uh, Barry went to Kennedy and placed his jacket under Kennedy's head. Uh, Kennedy lay wounded. Uh, Romero cradled his head and placed a rosary in his hands. Uh, Kennedy asked Romero, Is everybody okay? Uh, Romero responded, Yes, everybody's okay. Uh, Kennedy then turned away and said, Everything's going to be okay. Um... Uh, the moment uh, of the assassination was captured by uh, Boris Yarrow of the of the L.A. Times and became uh, an iconic image of the assassination. I'm pretty sure that he got caught, like in the chest and stomach, maybe the arms. I, he, there was definitely no like Unreal Tournament, like boom headshot, because the, the picture yeah. you can't even see where technically he got shot. A, it's in black and white, but like. There's no obvious, like, real trauma to his head area. So he was alive at least for a little while. So I'm going to well, guess chest, arms, belly. Well, he was fatally he was fatally shot in the head. It didn't instantly kill him, but it, the fatal shot was one that entered uh, behind his right ear. You can't tell at all in the picture where he's just sitting there, the busboy's holding him. What well, was a low-caliber bullet, too? Yeah, twenty two is the... Uh... May not show oh, yeah, a lot of blood. True. It's barely going to. Yeah, it's, it's a, usually barely going to get in. I mean, if you're point blank, maybe. But this this wasn't like you know like a like an assault rifle round or rifle round like Kennedy took the or his brother sorry, took the head. Sorry, I'm American. I'm used to you know five five six. I'm used. To, I'm not <laughs> well. You know, I wish. Well, I'm glad I'm not used to seven six two and shit like that. But you know, I'm American. I'm used to AR rifles. <laughs> you, you know, closed caskets. You know what I'm saying. Um, as the shooting took place, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what am I? Am I'm I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm Tell used me I'm to wrong. Closed caskets here. All right. I'm used Tell to. Tell me it. I'm wrong. <laughs> um, as the shooting took place, ABC News was signing off from its election night broadcast, while the CBS coverage had been concluded. CBS went back on the air with coverage of the assassination 21 minutes after the shooting. ABC's associate news director, uh, Weissel, who was wounded during the shooting, reported from his stretcher. Uh, ABC was able to show uh, scant live footage from the kitchen after Kennedy had been transported, but all of ABC's coverage from the hotel was in black and white. Approximately three hours after the incident, television networks began their morning broadcast schedule. About six Mm -hmm. million Western American households viewed the live reporting. Um, Kennedy's wife, Ethel, who was uh, three months pregnant at the time, had been away from the shooting scene. Um, She was soon led to Kennedy um, and kneeled beside him. Uh, Kennedy turned his head, seeming to recognize her, and his uh, campaign manager, Stephen Edward Smith, promptly appeared on television and asked for a doctor. 
After several minutes, medical attendants arrived and lifted Kennedy into a stretcher, prompting him to whisper, don't lift me, which were his last words. Um, he would lose consciousness shortly after this. God, um, imagine your laugh, last words being, don't lift me. Oof. Um, Oof. He was taken to uh, uh, um, to the Central Receiving Hospital. A doctor uh, slapped his face, calling out, uh, Bob, Bob, while another doctor uh, massaged his heart. Um, after obtaining a good heartbeat, doctors handed a stethoscope to Ethel so that she could hear Kennedy's heart beating. Um, after about 30 minutes, Kennedy was transferred several blocks to the Good Samaritan Hospital to undergo surgery. A gymnasium near the hospital was set up as a temporary headquarters for the press and news media to receive updates on his condition. Um, surgery would begin at 3.12 a.m. and lasted approximately 3 hours and 40 minutes. At 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, spokesman Frank uh, Mankiewicz uh, announced that uh, Kennedy's doctors were, quote-unquote, concerned over his continuing failure to show improvement. Um, his condition at that time was critical. As mentioned, Kennedy had, Kennedy had been shot multiple times. Uh, the fatal shot was fired at a range of one inch, um, entering behind his right ear. Oh, man. Uh, another, uh, the other two shots entered at the rear of his right armpit, one exiting from his chest and the other lodged in the back of his neck. Um, despite extensive neurosurgery to remove the bullet and bone fragments from his brain, he was pronounced dead at 1.44 a.m. on June 6, 1968, nearly 25 hours after the shooting. Uh, Mankiewicz left the hospital and walked to the gymnasium where the press and news media were set up for continuous updates on the situation. At 2 a.m. on June 6, Mankiewicz announced Kennedy's death. Uh, the following week, NBC devoted 55 hours of uh, airtime to the shooting and its aftermath, ABC 43 hours and CBS 42 hours with all three networks initially preempting their regular coverage and advertisements to cover the story. Um, God damn. That's... <laughs> how do you... As a parent, right? How do you... As a parent, do you have two children get assassinated? Like, that... Yeah, it's brutal. Oof. How, oh, God. It's brutal. Uh... Senator Kennedy's casket was taken via jet emblazoned with United States of America um, and sent by uh, uh, then uh, still President LBJ to New York City, where his casket was viewed by thousands at St. Patrick's Cathedral. The funeral mass was held the following morning on June 8th. Um, uh, Ted Kennedy uh, delivered his eulogy, saying, My brother need not be idealized or enlarged in death beyond that, um, beyond what he was in life. To be remembered simply as a good and decent man who saw wrong and tried to right it, saw suffering and tried to heal it, saw war and tried to stop it. As he said many times in many parts of this nation to those he touched and who sought to touch him, some men see things as they are and say why. I dream things that never were and say why not. Um, and, and oh, that's, that's a lot of, lot of mishmash. Well, of gobbledygook. Well, Kennedy also was like a lot of people like to imagine like JFK as being like the super like progressive guy, whereas like RFK was a hundred percent that guy. He was that guy. Yeah, he was that guy. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think Vietnam goes down the way it did if he was in there. Well, well, there's also the story too that like as part of his, I, I believe it was part of being attorney general, that he goes on a trip to the South and he sees like how like black people live in the South mm -hmm. under like segregation. And it, he's just like completely 
like broken by what he sees and he like comes home like shell shocked essentially telling his his children that like you you have no idea like how lucky you are and like and just like can't get over like how horrible everything but he saw was. he definitely had the black vote literally, like, literally at the time wasn't he like to do. he was involved in the civil rights movement so he was he was involved in that also before this um i believe it was um it was either during his campaign in california during the primary he went up with the united farm workers and spoke to the corporations and stuff and essentially grilled them on like, why aren't you making conditions better for these people? Why aren't you paying them more? Like, why aren't you like essentially bringing them to task? And, and Dolores Horta was actually there too among the group that was at his like victory ceremony at the hotel. Who's that? She's, she was one of the leaders of the United farm workers. Oh, wow. Under um, her and uh, like Cesar Chavez. Yeah, I mean, every, like everything the, I've ever heard about RFK is that he would have been, like, a tremendous president as far as, like, moving us in the right direction. Like, there's I, also I, there's I also said, the mafia douchebags who were like, ah, he got what he had coming, you know, he, him and his brother, you know. <laughs> Sam Giancana. I just, I've been saying forever that, like, if you if you face if you make people face things like you know rfk looked at things like how like saw how things are running down here in the south if you force people to come to terms with what's going on it, i feel like you can change more minds like that than you can just kind of like telling people about things yeah you expose it or like showing people pictures of th- no like i'm gonna bring you to a soup kitchen and i'm gonna make you sit here and talk to people who have to come to the soup kitchen because they yeah. can't afford food well to make you all of a sudden realize oh like maybe my taxes going up by six pennies a year isn't a terrible thing well you you say you say soup kitchens but that wasn't even the the level of, of what they had is just people living in like literal shacks and absolute squalor and when I have think, to ease, listen, I have to ease people into this because otherwise but, white people are going to be looking like Hillary Clinton walking into that apartment. You know? Wow, look at Redman's apartment. Wow. <laughs> no, you keep cash in a shoebox on top of your refrigerator. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know? But there was like one of the things that happened when Red he came City. back was was he he talked to the the administrator of like the of like the food stamps program of like essentially I forget what department it is, but he talked to him. And he essentially said that it was that it's ridiculous that people have to at that time you had to pay fifty cents to get uh, food stamps. And what? he was it, yeah you Wait, had to you, got you a had mean to pay tested dude they got a want you, you had to you had to pay fifty cents to get food stamps and he said well there are people who don't have fifty cents to get these stamps like they're living in like absolute poverty and the guy like scoffed he says like well every, everybody has fifty cents. You would believe these poors have refrigerators. I In 1968, to say that everybody has 50 cents is like ridiculous, too. That's like saying everybody has like what? 30 bucks, 40 bucks? Right? I don't know. What is? What would it be? Let's say 60. Well, it's, it's like, I think it was, um, I think it was Mitt Romney's dad that, that said like, that he made some remark during the primaries that every, that, that every, every like a normal household making like $100,000 a year or something like that. Six dollars, sixty-eight cents is $6. worth six dollars and fifteen cents right now. Um, so Kennedy's body was transported via train to Washington D.C., um, where many uh, mourners lined the route, uh, paying their respects. On the way to the cemetery, the funeral procession passed through Resurrection City, um, a shanty town that had been set up as a um, for protesters. 
the procession stopped in front of the Lincoln Memorial, where residents of Resurrection City uh, joined the group, and the Battle Hymn of the Republic was sung. Uh, Kennedy was buried near his older brother John in Arlington National Cemetery. This was the first time, uh, the first burial to have uh, ever taken place there at night. Um, after the assassination, uh, Congress altered the Secret Service mandate to include protection for major presidential and vice presidential nominees. Um, at the time of his death, uh, Kennedy was substantially behind uh, Humphrey um, in convention delegate support, but many believe that following his victory in the California primary, he would have ultimately secured the nomination. Which is probably right, because early on, like things flip-flop. Because mm-hmm. remember, there was that there was a period in like 2015 where they thought Jeb was going to be the the uh, Republican candidate. Please clap, <laughs> please clap, <laughs> Jeb, Jebcito. Um, uh, Humphrey won the nomination at the convention in Chicago, um, at which uh, violent street protests occurred. He ultimately lost the general election to Republican candidate Richard Nixon by a narrow uh, popular vote margin of 0.7%. Uh, um, Nixon won by a more decisive 301 to 191 margin in the Electoral College, which goes to show how great of a system America has. Oh, I won. Um, <laughs> I, it's hard to, to do that because I have to shake my head to do a Nixon. Oh, oh. You gotta get. You gotta <laughs> go into people's houses at night. You wreck up the place. You gotta speak from the jowls, you know. You gotta oh. get those jowls moving, bro. <laughs> My bowling average. <laughs> uh. um, due to uh, Sirhan uh, being a non-citizen, he never became an American citizen. Um, it was illegal under California law for him to purchase firearms. Um, so by uh, possessing the gun that he used to uh, kill Kennedy, he had violated three California laws. Um, uh, researcher Warren Coleman suggested that the date of the assassination as well was significant because it was the first anniversary of the start of the Six-Day War between Israel and its Arab neighbors. Uh, when Sirhan was booked by police, they found in his pocket a newspaper article that discussed Kennedy's support for Israel uh, Sirhan later said that he began to hate Kennedy after learning of this support. Uh, Sirhan was convicted of Kennedy's murder in April of 1969 and was sentenced to death. So it was in 19, 19- it was related to Israel and Gaza and all that stuff. Well, 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 yeah, that's that's like his his motivation. Yeah. Um, in 19- well, that's what they say his motivation. All right, he's up there, pal. Da-da-da, <laughs> In 1972, the sentence was commuted to life in prison with possibility of parole after the California Supreme Court in its ruling in California v. Anderson invalidated as unconstitutional all pending death sentences that were imposed before 1972. In 1975, it was decided that Sirhan would be freed on parole in 1984. In 1982, however, the California Board of Prison Term rescinded the parole date, citing death threats made by Sirhan from prison. Um, in 1989, Sirhan told David Frost in prison parole. that his sole connection. Parole? Yeah. Yeah. For what? He's you a fucking murderer. He's not even a murderer. He's an assassin. Why the fuck did he have parole? Yeah, but, 
I mean, so well, in certain states, you're at least guaranteed the opportunity for parole after a certain amount of years, um, assuming that during those time periods, like no further crimes are committed behind bars or like a disciplinary problem behind bars and stuff like that. But you still have to go in front of a board and the board he has to have a unanimous decision to say, yeah, you're getting out. However, during that time, the victim's family have to come have like the chance to come make statements friends that you know all that can weigh into the parole board's decision california is one of the states who you're eligible for parole unless otherwise stipulated in your judgment from the judge Mm. um so yeah you could straight up commit murder but you may be eligible for parole after 20 years hmm and honestly, that is a far, far more humane thing than just saying you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Uh, in- yeah, I agree with you, I guess. I, I, I think if, you're, if you assassinate someone, uh, I don't think you should be allowed out. Like, that's just the, the knee-jerk reaction I have to it. Like, if we know, I mean, if it's very yes, clear-cut, yeah, yeah. that shit's on video and there's 12 witnesses, and... Uh, People took pictures of your ass, and we know you fucking did it. Like, that's egregious. I mean, that's almost like death penalty level, like, where I almost agree with it at that point, you know? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that is 100%, you know, uh, an understandable and, you know, you, you know, you, you said it correctly, the knee jerk reaction to it. But let's say somebody is, what, 20 when they murder somebody, and then 50 years fucking later, like, are they the same person? Does that constitute keeping them behind bars? Yeah, I don't think... Demonstrate I, I, a pattern no, 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 of, no. You know, You're misunderstanding themselves? me. I don't think all murder should uh, should uh, be judged the same way. Somebody. But assassination? Nah, dude. Even if you assassinate nah, somebody? Nah, I, think, I don't think I'm going to be on your timeline there. If you assassinate someone, you get to sit forever. Like, that's fucking... You're out. Game off. Like, that's, that's, that's way out of line. Okay. Then let me throw it to you like this. What happens... If that person assassinated somebody that you don't like, doesn't matter. Mm. You still assassinated someone, especially if I have clear-cut evidence that you did it. I don't think you're allowed out. That's a life. That's a life sentence. If we're not going to have the death penalty, then that's a life sentence. Okay. I, I'm just always under the impression that somebody can change while they absolutely in can change, prison. but but there's got to be like. A, there have to be crimes that rise to the level of we are simply never going to accept that. Like, there's there's yeah, not going to be any those form are, of those are called mitigating circumstances in crimes yeah. like murder. Yeah, you assassinate if you and assassinate assassination someone, is a, that's up there. Somewhat of a mitigating circumstance. It, I, I'm going to go with it's not enough mitigating circumstance to keep somebody in prison for the rest of their natural life. If it, gigantic, if they can prove that they had done something productive with their time behind bars and they can show a pattern of um you know rehabilitation instead of just sitting behind bars so like your boy that got out of jail uh the one that shot reagan uh fuck's his name steve uh brinkley yeah the guy he's he's got like a twitter account now uh yeah yeah like i get it because they let him out when he was like you know an ancient old man but he also didn't kill anybody exactly yeah, if you, nah, I'm sorry. That's like straight up murder one, assassin on purpose. You know, like, nah, you're out. In uh, in 1989, Sirhan told David Frost in prison that his sole connection with Kennedy was 
quote-unquote, Kennedy's support of Israel and his deliberate attempt to send those 50 bombers to Israel to obviously do harm to the Palestinians. Yeah, plus he's a fucking ideological assassin, so it's like, he's not going to change his mind. Like, unbelievable. Um, although you ever change your mind about anything, Steve? About an assassination I commit? <laughs> like, probably not. That's that's pretty committed, you know? That's why I don't get tattoos, because I change my mind all the time. I'm not fucking getting tattoos. You get a fucking tattoo and be like, man, this shit looks fucking stupid, like, t- ten years later. Fuck that. <laughs> although a study published in the uh, Bulletin of Atomic Scientists referred to Sirhan as a quote-unquote, withdrawn fanatic with multiple identity problems. The author, James W. Quark, stated that Sirhan was more motivated by political issues than by his personal temperament. Now, do we know for a fact? Like, obviously, he had some issues, like, mentally. So, like, how much well, of it was motivated? Do we know? Well, you know, a lot of it was motivated by the CIA. They motivated him to do that. <laughs> he kept, it was he like kept that ordering happy meals, kids. but he never got the toy, and it was the CIA <laughs> that was doing that. He finally said, this is he enough. Was, this is enough. <laughs> It was, it was like that whitest kids you know skit with the uh, the robot dog in uh, in, in Hinkley and just like it's like yeah use the Jodie Foster would really love it if you shot the president no. I don't know I don't know Mr Scruffy <laughs> uh. um so one of the things that comes up is that during his trial uh, Sirhan's lawyers attempted to use a defense of diminished responsibility. Um, well, uh, Sirhan tried to confess to the crime and, and change his plea to guilty on several occasions. Um, he testified that he had killed Kennedy with, quote-unquote, with 20 years of malice and af- um, uh, aforethought. As of 2023, uh, Sirhan has been denied parole 17 times. Um, his lawyers have claimed that he was framed, and he claims to have no memory of his crime. Oh, my God. Well, okay. All right, bro. Now is when you're losing me. <laughs> in February of in February of 2012, Sirhan's lawyers William F. Pepper and Lori uh, Dusick filed a court brief in in the district court in Los Angeles, claiming that a second gunman fired the shots that killed Kennedy. Now he's changing his. Story. He's gone with the second gunman theory. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was another gunman on the grassy yeah. knoll. I mean, the fry station. <laughs> <laughs> Check the deep fryer. Uh, find find the three barbacks. Get the barback film. It was it was the fourth in a series of federal briefs filed under habeas corpus by Pepper and Dusick beginning in October of twenty ten. You call me twenty fifth. You heard me. In twenty fifteen, Judge Beverly Reed O'Connell denied the petition. During I sir, point out, I point out, I put his mugshot from like his most recent mugshot in the chat. This guy looks like Cotton Hill. Yeah, he does. Straight I up, I killed one Straight man. Straight up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shot one man fifty times. <laughs> wow, he really does. Man. He looks that, exactly like it, him. Even the mugshot even makes him look like he's four foot eleven. Like the camera's like just a little bit high, so you see a whole bunch of the background above his head, as opposed to him being like squarely. <laughs> shot <laughs> if they just let me shoot his motorcade with the nail gun <laughs> um during Sirhan's 2016 parole hearing Jimmy Carter uh, <laughs> <Just like that. laughs> the door is closed
goes, and Jimmy Carter starts talking. He's Jimmy Carter. <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Schrade, who was shot and wounded on the assassination night, asserted that the fatal shot to Kennedy was by a different shooter. He claimed that the Los Angeles Police Department destroyed evidence, hid ballistic evidence exonerating Sirhan, and covered up conclusive evidence that a second gunman fatally wounded Robert Kennedy. Okay, I'm sorry, who was saying this? Uh, Paul uh, Paul Schrade, one of the other guys who was shot. Which, which I don't know, like, not not to diminish, like, 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 someone like an eyewitness saying that you're probably wrong, but I feel like if you're in a closed scenario like that and you're shot... And someone's just like firing off shots as they're like trying to like grab the guy and like get him down. Like you're probably not going to be able to make out like a guy, especially when you come out about it like 50 years later. No, I mean in that moment you're not your your testimony is effectively just totally worthless yeah. because eyewitness testimony you, you're is not going to know anyway. what's going on. No, he, no. He has he has the Zen vision that Steven Seagal has and demonstrates on Steven Seagal Lawman when he shoots the Zen bullets. <laughs> He's got like fucking Neo bullet time, like or Max Payne bullet time. Like, uh, it's it, okay. Eyewitness testimony on its own is notoriously unreliable, but now you're gonna throw into an active shooting is going on in a real in a, in a kitchen. I don't know if you if you know you've been in like an industrial hotel kitchen. Like, that's it's tight quarters. It's not big and expansive. So like you got all these people crowded in there. There's shots going off, bro. Look, I wouldn't trust you to tell me what color the walls were when that goes on. Like, there's no way. It would be, it just, yeah, it's just too much. No. In August of 2021, the California State Parole Panel recommended Sirhan's parole. Two of Kennedy's children, Robert uh, Jr. Um, and Douglas, uh, supported the decision, while six others opposed it. Uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California um, at that time and still presently, uh, denied the parole in January of 2022, asserting that Sirhan has not developed the accountability and insight required to support his safe release into the community. Um, yeah, but like, I want, if you're going to say that, the onus is on you to explain how he's not done that. Does it make sense? Well, I think too, because there's also the evidence that, you know, he was like back in the 80s when he was like sending death threats from prison. And oh, never mind. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> You're saying nah, this guy, dude. Prison. This guy's clearly a case for like no parole. Yeah, stay there forever. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, he's unrepentant. Yeah. He's making up the the same like bullshit uh, legal defenses to try to get out of his. He's sentence. sending death threats from prison. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's, he's lost my sympathy. Yeah, he's not like he's not like John Hinckley. I'm he not going to start like a SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and and be hard hearted ever and say that. People can't change. This guy's not going to change, and he did obviously did not change. I think it's interesting, um, though. I'll, I'll give you this much. I think it's important to have the uh, flexibility to allow for it. So, I, and in that in that line, I agree with the review of parole every twenty years. That's fine. But um, one of the biggest conspiracy theories into, um, and I'd say probably the most popular aside from the uh, the brainwashing one, is the second gunman theory as to um, who killed RFK. <laughs> Uh, I've literally never heard this theory. I've never heard of it either. Um, so, first, the wounds on Kennedy uh, suggested that his assailant had stood behind him, uh, but witnesses said that Sirhan stood facing west, about a yard away from Kennedy, as he moved through the pantry facing east. Hey, listen, Magellan, I don't understand west and east when referring to things <laughs> like a kitchen. Okay? Look, when I'm in a room, I just turn around and I'm west. I know. 
I always point west. This is, this is why you, you could never north. play Zork. Listen, I can never tell. You, I couldn't Go tell you east. north, south, east, and west in my own house. Go east. <laughs> Open window. I want you to tell me if he was facing the oven or if he was facing the Look refrigerator. North. RFK. Shoot gun. <laughs> <laughs> Zork with RFK. So was her answer handling Zork. No wonder he got fucking shot. His bodyguard's like gunman to the east, and he's just looking like what? what's one of those old games? So he has to like put like. Gun in bullets. Yeah, it's interactive fiction. So it's like yeah. he had to he had to do that eight times before he was fully loaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It doesn't have the option to put X eight at the end. Yeah, He's playing real life Tarkov. Oh, I love uh, I love those games, dude. I still play them. There's a uh, there's an app. Um, shit, I can't remember what it's called now. It's top of my head. Damn, I'll to, I'll find it before before we uh, conclude here. But it's uh, it's great. It's all interactive fiction stuff. Oh man. Um, this has led to the suggestion that a second gunman actually fired the fatal shot, a possibility supported by Chief Medical Examiner um, and Coroner uh, for the County of Los Angeles, Thomas uh, Noguchi, who stated that Beverly the fatal Crusher. shot was behind Chief Medical <laughs> Examiner Beverly, Beverly Crusher. Um, stated that the fatal shot was behind Kennedy's right ear and had been fired at a distance of approximately one inch. Hmm. Other witnesses said that Sirhan approached. As as Sirhan approached, Kennedy was turned to his left, shaking hands facing north, and so exposing his right side. It's called Froth, That's- by the way. F R O T Z. You can play like the original Zork on there, and you can play. Uh, people just they still write like whole games and stuff on there. It's very fun. Anyway, as recently as 2008, eyewitness John uh, Pilger said that there must have been a second gun. Who's that? John Pilger. Okay. John Pilger. On August 14th, 1975, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors appointed Thomas F. Kranz as special counsel to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office to investigate the assassination. Uh, the John con- Pilger looks exactly like you would expect John Pilger to look like. Mo- Michael Bolton's so you know. dad, you know? <laughs> I think Michael Bolton, uh, wish him a, a good health right now. He's, he's in the hospital, apparently. Oh, no. God, don't do it. I love Michael Bolton. Why do they always come for our heroes? Yeah, I think he's got, uh, like, the conclu- cancer or something. Ooh, oh, that's that's, that's even worse, too, because he's a singer. Yeah. Oh. Um, Brain tumor. The conclusion- oh, my God, even worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, it gets worse by the second. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to kill this man, Steve. Um, the conclusion of the experts was that there was little to, or no evidence to support this theory. Um, another one is the bullet count. Witnesses claim that bullet holes were found in the door frames of the pantry, which were later destroyed. Witnesses? Uh, Rob. What? Witnesses claim? Yeah. Yeah, people who were there and saw, like, the aftermath. Mm. Yeah. Um, They they claim that there were bullet holes in the door frames of the pantry, which were later, you know, replaced and destroyed. Uh, 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 Robert Kennedy Jr. uh, later said... There were too many bullets, and that "quote unquote" you can't fire thirteen shots out of an eight-shot gun. Mm-hmm. Um, from an right, acoustic- we're making a point. Has there. he seen any from movies? A- of course you can. Why? Why think direct you to anything by Michael Bay? <laughs> well, I think the thing he's going off of too is that there's no evidence to support that were thirteen bullets. Yeah, like there's no like physical evidence of that. Yeah. Um. It. One is the acoustics. In 2007, an analysis of an audio recording of the shooting made that night by freelance reporter Stanislav uh, uh, Przinsky uh, appeared to indicate, according to forensic expert Philip Van Prague, 
that at least 13 shots were fired. Uh, Van Prag also said the recording revealed at least two instances in which the time between uh, between shots was shorter than humanly possible, and that different residences indicated there was more than one gun. I'm going to uh, tell you right now, if 13 shots were fired, more people would have been injured. Yeah, especially in close quarters with all that metal yeah. stuff. A lot more people that would have been injured. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, some other acoustic experts... Uh, through their own analysis, have said that no more than eight shots are recorded on the tape. Acoustics expert Edward John uh, Primo um, analyzed the recording using a sophisticated computer program and heard only eight yeah, shots. Yeah, he used audacity. Yeah. If I just if I just level if I just level it out, you know, I take out the noise. Uh, I take out some of Sir Hans' ums and 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 us. Turn up the noise gate. Yeah. <laughs> control L. Control L. <laughs> I have to do that a lot in our podcast. Another is uh, forensic analysis. In, in 1975, a Los Angeles judge convened a panel of seven experts in forensics to examine ballistic evidence. They found that the three bullets that hit Kennedy were all fired from the same gun, but could not find a match between those bullets and Sirhan's revolver. Uh, they accused uh, Dwayne Wolfer, the lead crime scene investigator who had testified at trial that a bullet taken from Kennedy's body was from Sirhan's revolver of running a careless investigation. Uh, the forensic experts urged further investigation. An internal police document, which was later released, concluded that Kennedy and Weissel, uh, uh, Kennedy and Weissel bullets not fired from the same gun and Kennedy bullet not fired from Sirhan's revolver. On November 26, 2011, Sirhan's defense attorney, William F. Pepper, and Lori, uh, his attorneys, uh, Pepper and, and Dusick, filed a 62-page brief in federal court asserting that a bullet used as evidence to convict Sirhan was switched with another bullet at the crime scene. The brief claims that this was done because the bullet taken from Kennedy's neck did not match Sirhan's gun. Pepper and Dusick claim that the new evidence is sufficient to find Sirhan not guilty and under the law. Uh, the one thing I would say about that that also doesn't check out because if it's like an inside job with a second gunman, wouldn't they just give the second gunman like the same gun? It's so stupid, dude. It's all it's you all know, like it's all like he had like a so. bespoke gun. Like <laughs> you would think they that they would, but I mean, oh god, just remember every single time that something pops up with like oh this crazy plot was uncovered, it's always the dumbest fucking shit in the world that you wouldn't expect them. None of them, none of them are sharper than a beach ball, so I can't imagine that that would be something that would be meticulously planned. That's something that's very easy to overlook. Now we all know that Sirhan used his commemorative one of one Red Samurai replica from the Resident Evil Special Edition that he purchased, <laughs> <laughs> which, as at the time was said, it was very irresponsible to give an actual working firearm as a limited edition. Ida, but they said because there's only one, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen? Right? Um one theory is that a security guard was the second gunman. Um this would be the security guard Thane Eugene Caesar. Um he has been frequently cited as the most likely candidate for a second gunman. Um Caesar had been employed by Ace Guard Service to protect Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel. Uh, this was not his full-time job. During the day, he worked as a maintenance plumber at the Lockheed Aircraft Plant in Burbank, a job that required security clearance uh, from the Department of Defense. Uh-oh, there it is. 
He worked from 1966 until losing his job in 1971. Um, author Dan uh, Bledea wrote that in 1973, Caesar began working at Hughes, a job he held for seven years and which Caesar later required the second highest clearance level at the plant. Um, he was uh, Caesar was a staunch opponent of the Kennedys and had publicly said he believed that if elected, Robert Kennedy would have, quote unquote, sold the country down the road to the commies or minorities like his brother did. Um, Caesar also held a number of other extremist right wing views. Um, when interviewed, Caesar stated that he did draw a gun at the scene of the shooting, but insisted the weapon was a ROM 38 caliber and not a 22 caliber, the caliber of the bullets that were the ones used to kill Kennedy. He also said that he got knocked down after the first shot and was unable to fire his gun, which again, this just goes with the good guy with a gun scenario is stupid. Um the LAPD, which interviewed Caesar shortly after the shooting, did not regard him as a suspect and did not ask to see his gun. Of course not. Um, while Caesar stated that he did not own a twenty-two caliber Harrington and Richardson pistol, and um, and he showed it, um, or, or he stated that he did own a twenty-two caliber Harrington and Richardson pistol, and he showed it to LAPD Sergeant P.E. Osteen on June 24th, 1968. But when the LAPD interviewed Caesar three years later, he claimed that he had sold the gun before the assassination to a man named Jim Yoder. <laughs> William, <laughs> these names. <laughs> uh, William w. w. Turner uh, tracked down Yoder in October of 1972. Uh, Yoder still had the receipt of the H and R pistol dated September 6, 1968, wow, my and man. bearing Caesar's signature indicating that Caesar had sold the pistol three months after Kennedy's assassination, contradicting his 1971 claim that he had sold the weapon months before. My man still had the receipt. Yeah. Um, I, Moldea, uh, I, Moldea I have mine for any gun I have. <laughs> I give all the receipts. That's that's just smart. Aren't you... So, I, I think also aren't you like legally required to furnish that? Nah. Because it's uh, it's like written in federal like law when I purchased it. So, well, well, I mean, I mean, also back then, you know, there isn't like a database or anything. Yeah. It's just going off of yeah. So it makes sense. So you guys want to know something funny? The revolver that Steve was talking about earlier that killed uh, the paintball gun. The, the <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Iver five. The Iver Johnson Cadet fifty five A revolver. Uh-huh. Okay. I was curious about this, what it looked like. I mean, I'm sure it looks like every other fucking revolver. So I went and looked it up. Okay. You ever see that meme where it's like, someone's like, oh, I need a personal massager. And the Hitachi company's like, I got you. It's like, oh, I also need a 55-ton front-end excavator, front-end loader. Hitachi company's also like, hey, you're never going to believe this, but I got you, right? So the company, Iver Johnson, that makes that revolver, it's the Iver Johnson Arms and Cycle Works. They also make bicycles and motorcycles along with firearms. So, like, that's, that's, and, that tracks. Sirhan, like, and shot him and Johnson tried to get revolver. off way on a bike. Is that what you're saying? I mean, he, I mean, if he was really just totally into, <laughs> you know, product, uh, what do you call that? Um, product loyalty. Like he's kind of married. Yeah. yeah, like product loyalty. Yeah, absolutely. Brand loyalty. But that, uh, yeah, brand loyalty. Uh, this company has made a gun. I don't know if it was the exact same gun, but the Iver Johnson Arms and Cycle Works has made the gun that had killed William McKinley 
and also the gun that was used to attempt to assassinate FDR. Really? That's interesting. Ah. I feel like if I'm the CEO of that company, I'm like, all right, we're done you with You could have just said that. You could have just said the, the last <laughs> part there instead of putting all those commas in your sentence. <laughs> well, I, w- I would say it tracks that, like, a, a company that makes, like, pianos would, like, would do something like make guns or, or like, <laughs> what is that track? Because, because, you know, like, <laughs> because of, like, companies plays. like Yamaha. That's true. Yeah. Because because they they start out like in the 19th century and they're like, well, we need to diversify. What are we going to go into? What's the hot well, new what's thing? What's our and equipment it's like, work? The best bicycle, with. <laughs> guns. Well, here's the deal: they make a bunch of revolvers, right? But on top of revolvers, they also make a, a fucking goddamn 50 cal sniper rifle. <laughs> they also they also make a pipe organ that when you play when you play the keys, it launches missiles <laughs> like God. in Warhammer 40k. Uh. Um. Uh, Moldea wrote that Caesar uh, submitted years later to a polygraph examination by Edward Gelb, former president and executive director of the American Polygraph Association, in which Caesar denied any involvement in the assassination. Caesar passed the polygraph test. Hmm. Not that it matters. There is the, yeah. there is the Manchurian candidate hypothesis. Um, this relates to um, the belief that um, the someone that had, Denzel did it. That psychologically programmed Sirhan, possibly Denzel. Denzel. Um, well, you know, Den- Denzel is the equalizer. He just would have went in there and just, like, killed everybody. Yep. He was in the Manchurian Candidate, too, wasn't he? Yeah, the really bad remake. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was terrible. He he, I like Denzel, but it was terrible. He would have, like, killed him with, like, a tray or something. Like, <laughs> he would have said some quippy line and then just killed him and then found the nearest, like, Eastern European guy and then just killed him with a shot glass. <laughs> um,. It, the Manchurian Candidate hypothesis is that someone had psychologically programmed Sirhan to commit the murder, and that he was not aware of his actions at the time, and that the conspirators wiped his mind in the aftermath as well, so that he would have no memory of the event where the people who programmed All right, I'm it. done. I gotta go. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Pepper claimed that this theory was supported by prison psychologist Edward Simpson Callis. So was that guy fired? Uh, sir- because he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sir... <laughs> They have this. They have a device. You might have heard it. It's called the Neuralizer. When they oh my use God. it, all right, there, uh, uh, Men in Black. Yeah, uh, all right, there, there will. <laughs> uh, Sirhan claimed then and has continued to claim to have no memory of the assassination or its aftermath. Um, in 2010, Sirhan's lawyers accused the CIA of hypnotizing him and making him "quote unquote" an involuntary participant. I think Sirhan might not have memory of it just because of the rush of you know, like shooting a man to death and. And but if psychologically block that, I think he might be full of shit too, Steve. That's another possibility. Yeah, he, I think he might have also been under the influence as well. He said, like they interviewed him at one point. He said he was drunk when he did it. So yeah, if you're drunk, you're not going to remember anything. Um, Liquid courage. One, uh, one uh, sort of hypothesis also relates to a an alleged woman in a polka dot dress. Mm-hmm. Um, some witness. Some witnesses say that they saw a woman in a polka dot dress in various locations throughout the Ambassador Hotel and before and after the assassination. Oh, yeah, um, that's weird. A woman in a polka dot. That's not weird. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a woman who's there. Come on. Uh, in in the sixties, no less. Uh, when women wore dresses, you know, when we were a country. Yeah, um, if it's a woman in a pantsuit walking around, tell me about that. That's fucking weird. <laughs> was the, was the assassin. You got a woman walking around looking like Hillary in 1968 with a pantsuit and short hair? Please let me know because uh, that shit's fucking out of place. Or Ang- Angela Merkel was the uh, 
<laughs> the assassin, the elite, the elite East German assassin, Angela Merkel. Um, one witness, Kennedy campaign worker Sandra Serrano, reported that around 11.30 p.m., she was sitting outside on a stairway that led to the embassy ballroom when a woman and two men, one of whom Serrano later said was Sirhan, walked past her up the stairs. Serrano said that around 30 minutes later, she heard noises that sounded like the backfire of an automobile and then saw the woman and one of the men running from the scene. She said the woman exclaimed, we shot him, we shot him. According to Serrano, when she asked the woman to whom she referred, the woman said Senator Kennedy. Uh, Serrano related her account to NBC's Sander uh, Vancor uh, soon after the shooting. And that just sounds like if, if you just committed a crime and you're just like, yeah, I did it. That, 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 that's like one. It's pretty out there. That doesn't track. But, you know, sometimes if people are just out of their fucking minds, it was Bill Murray be bragging about it and being like, yeah, we did it. We did it. He's out of here. We did that shit. But like also, no. Like, no, it's it's very easily in that moment when this person is like 30 yards away and this dude just got shot to death inside of this building for you to be like, what happened? Oh, they shot him. They shot him. Not we. They. You know, you misheard. Jeez. Um, a- another witness, Evan Freed, also saw the woman in the polka dot dress. Another reported seeing a woman um, in the polka dot dress was Sirhan at various times. Uh, during the during the evening, including in the kitchen area where the assassination took place. Uh, Serrano said that before her encounter with the polka dot dress woman, she heard a series of shots that sounded like a car backfiring. LAPD criminologist Dwayne Wolfer conducted tests to determine whether Serrano could have heard the shots from her location and found that the shots would have caused just a one-half decibel change in sound at her location, so she could not have heard the shots. Additionally, Special Counsel Thomas F. Kranz commented in his report that Serrano admitted to fabricating the story after further interviews with investigating officers and that he was unable to find evidence to corroborate any aspect of the original account. She has maintained um, that she was uh, worn down during relentless questioning by the LAPD, uh, specifically Sergeant Hank Hernandez, and was coerced into a false retraction. In 1974, retired LAPD officer Paul uh, Shiraga told a newsman with KMPC in Los Angeles that as he was responding to the shooting in the hotel, an elderly couple reported to him that they saw a couple in their early 20s, one of whom was a woman in a polka dot dress. Uh The couple were smiling and shouting, we shot him, we killed Kennedy, we shot him, we killed him. Uh, Shiraga also said that he filed uh, official reports of the incident and that they disappeared and were never investigated. Hmm. Um, one of the, uh, uh, one of the theories from the CIA, or one is involves the CIA being responsible. In, in November of 2006, BBC television's Newsnight aired a 12 minute screening of Shane O'Sullivan's documentary, RFK Must Die. Um, O'Sullivan said that while researching a screenplay based on the Manchurian theory, he uncovered new video and photographic evidence suggesting that three senior CIA operatives were behind the killing of the senator. He claimed that the three men seen in video and photographs at the Ambassador Hotel immediately before and after the assassination were positively identified as CIA operatives David Sanchez Morales, Gordon Campbell, and George Joannides. Uh, 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 several people who have known uh, Morales, including family members, were adamant that, the, that he was not the man whom O'Sullivan claimed was Morales. 
After O'Sullivan published the book, assassination researchers Jeff Jefferson Morley and David Talbot discovered that Campbell had died of a heart attack in 1962. In response, O'Sullivan said that the man in the video might have used Campbell's name as an alias. He then took his identification to the LAPD, whose files showed the men he identified as Campbell and, and Joannides to be Michael Roman and Frank Owens, uh, two Bulova uh, sales managers attending the company's convention at the Ambassador. Uh, O'Sullivan stood by his allegations, stating that the Bulova watch company was, quote-unquote, a well-known CIA cover. My only question is why, right? Like, if you're going to say it's all these people, you got to tell me why. Because he was because he was going to stop Vietnam. That's it. <sighs> they just don't like him, okay? <laughs> oh my god! Like, um, at least with his brother, you can say you can point to the fact that he he hated the CIA and he wanted the CIA destroyed, and he's like famously quoted as saying that he wanted to tear the CIA up into a million pieces and scatter it around. Like, okay. Now, if you're in the CIA, I can understand, well, you are understandably now concerned for your job and your livelihood, not enough to kill somebody, but, you know, I can at least see their, the CIA doing the grubby CIA shit because of that. Why did they want to do it to RFK is my question. Mm, probably the probably because we probably would have done the same things. Hmm. Um, so they're just minority reporting it. They're just future criming it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's how they do all their things of like yeah this guy's bad can't let this guy win the election because he's gonna he's gonna nationalize the copper industry and if he nationalizes the copper industry you know you're gonna be Cuba in five days <laughs> this guy's gonna do all the bad shit that we are currently doing right now so we can't let him do the bad shit and get into office so we gotta kill him <laughs> unbelievable um Kennedy's uh, second son uh Robert F Kennedy Jr uh, believes that his father was killed in a conspiracy. Um, he has also said nah, that his father believed that, that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in a conspiracy, academic, you know, and that the uh, Warren Commission was a quote-unquote shoddy piece of craftsmanship. Yeah, the guy that the guy that tells us the truth about COVID, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> of, of about how the uh, of how dangerous uh, vaccines are. Yeah, fucking idiot. He said the Warren report was a shoddy, was shoddy, and all that shit. Yeah, or, I mean, he's not entirely wrong. But that's the that's I'm the not, problem. I'm not that's the any problem with conspiracy theorists. He says, "No, you're you're allowed to gets, acknowledge nuance. Gets, that's fine." <laughs> he gets no credit for anything else, but to say that the Warren report was shoddy, I'll give him that because they put together in what a couple months what a normal investigation would take years to investigate. Like, yeah, if, if there's no way it could have been put together coherently and and fully encapsulated mm. the, the the momentous gravity of what had just happened. Maybe, yeah. So yeah, it was absolutely shoddily put together. But past that, I I, I give him nothing else. <laughs> um, Kennedy's assassination was one of four major assassinations in the in the U.S. in the 1960s, um, including those of his brother John F. Kennedy in 1963, Malcolm X in 1965, and Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968 as well. Some scholars view this assassination as one of the first major incidents of political violence in the U.S. stemming from the Arab-Israeli conflict in the Middle East. All right, now my big four assassinations. Number one, Tupac. Number two, Biggie. <laughs> That's only two, though. <laughs> I'll give JFK number three, and I'll give MLK four. Well, reverse those. MLK three and JFK four. <laughs> this is a really weird YouTube video. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll forget to smash that like doing like your uh, tier list uh video yeah top top 10 anime betrayals <laughs> we're turning you to watch watch mojo watchmojo.com and here we are with rfk rfk was a yeah Oh. Hey, it's me, Ryan, again, back to tell you about my top 10 political assassinations of the 20th century. <laughs> Coming in at number 10. <laughs> oh, man. David Koresh, yes, you might not think so, but this is definitely a political assassination. <laughs> Why would they want to silence this great man who thought he was Jesus? So, are um, there any any further, like, are there lizard man theories? Like, are we done? <laughs> I think I, we're we're done. We're done with the uh, we're we're done with the theories. Um, un- until 1987, the LAPD retained the original files, reports, transcripts, fragments of the bullets that struck Kennedy and the four other bystanders in the kitchen pantry. The 22 caliber Ivor Johnson handgun used by Sirhan, Kennedy's bloodstained clothes, and other artifacts related to the assassination. In 1987, the LAPD donated the entire evidence collection, except for Kennedy's clothes, to the California State Archives in Sacramento for permanent preservation. Kennedy's bloodstained shirt, tie, and jacket are in the possession of the Los Angeles County District Attorney. Um, in 2010, controversy arose when Kennedy's clothing was transported to the California Homicide Investigators Association Conference in Las Vegas, where they were included in a temporary public display. Max Kennedy called it a quote-unquote cheap bid for attention. Um, The items in Kennedy's clothing were removed from the exhibit, with the LAPD apologizing to the Kennedy family. The Robert F. Kennedy Assassination Archives of the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth contains a large collection of materials on the assassination. In 2006, American filmmaker Emilio Estevez wrote and directed the (laughs) film Bobby. I'm sorry, what? Okay, Emilio Estevez being brought into this is the last. I did not have that in my as a, mind as a as filmmaker, known American filmmaker uh, from Dirty Work, uh, Emilio <laughs> Estevez, star of Mighty Ducks, or Men at Work, or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's his, who's his, oh god, who, who's Cruise, related to or, uh, Tom? No, no, Tom Cruise, uh, Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, Martin Sheen yeah, he's is related, actually yeah. Ramon Estevez. That's yeah. That's, all the all the sheens actually are Estevez's. Yeah. That's crazy. God damn. Okay, Emilio Estevez. There we go. <laughs> He's um, in here now. <laughs> um, he attempted to recreate the scene of the assassination through a fictional account. Um, uh, according to author Ben Briley, the history in Bobby is often misleading. Directed in- by Emilio Estevez. Written by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> starring Emilio Estevez. Produced by Emilio Key Estevez. Grip, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> I am Bobby Kennedy. <laughs> in- Boy, Emilio Estevez, also, he's looking kind of bloated nowadays. Oof. In 2023, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s wife, Cheryl Hines, called for President Joe Biden to grant her husband Secret Service protection for his presidential campaign, citing his family's history of successful assassinations. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a testament too that you know I, well I guess because he's running as an independent and he's wealthy he can just keep doing it but it's funny that he's still going well while Ron dropped out of the election. I'm sorry, Larry David's wife from Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> is married to RFK Jr. Yeah, you didn't know that. Does it fucking sound like I knew it? Uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, apparently, <laughs> because because apparently, like RFK, 
like his his whole thing was that he was like a lawyer and he was a lawyer for some environmental um group early on but like in the 80s and stuff he just used to like do drugs and like hang out with like actors in hollywood because mm. he was like rich and famous so i guess he could get into those like circles and hang out with actors I gotcha. and just do drugs all the time nice um he was he was recently on uh, Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, oh where he was the he was the first guest, and the second guest was a guy who has a theory that Earth is actually composed of two planets, and that the Elohim are on Earth trying to propel the human race towards a global war. Wow! <laughs> so it's 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 great that you know uh, you know RFK Junior got to open for the Elohim guy. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and apparently George Norrie also lost RFK during his like. Um, during the the interview, and and he and he, you could audibly hear him apparently hitting on the glass in the booth, like trying to get them to get back on the call because he was so upset. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, do you guys know RFK Jr. is running for president? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, just, I just visited. I just probably just totally fucked up my goddamn advertise targeting yeah, advertisements, fucked. but I just visited his campaign oh, website. No. Oh boy, get those cookies out <laughs> oh, of there boy. quick. It's a fucking doozy. Uh, one of the things, the prop, the predominant things on there is find your state. It's just a picture of the United States with no labels on the states. <laughs> I'm like, good luck. Your voter base is not going to be able to find those state, brother. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the people specifically that you go after, and that is, this is not directed at Republicans whatsoever. It's particularly the people that would vote for RFK Jr. would not be able to find their state on that map without labels. Just the idea that... Larry David is in some way uh, involved there. Like, there's pictures of him at dinner, but I didn't know that she was married to RFK Jr. So, like, just the idea is just a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Like, the whole thing is just a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, you know? Hey, did you know that Judy Garland is Liza Minnelli's mother? Yes. Yeah. Everything just blows my mind when I learn about this. And I'm like, wait, what? Liza. There's pictures, like there's pictures of Liza Minnelli as a baby being held by Judy Garland, and it's just like, wow, wow, how did I not know that? Did you know that uh, Carrie Fisher's mother is Debbie Reynolds? Yeah, there's some girl I worked with that was obsessed with Debbie Reynolds, she used to talk about it all the time. Yes! I don't know who Debbie Reynolds is. Is she the inventor of Reynolds? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The one insane. But not the kind of Reynolds rap you think of, like Debbie Reynolds rapping, like an eighty, like rapping with Rodney. It was like that. Yeah. Okay, but I'm immediately interested now, though. <laughs> oh my god! I want to All right, this I'll fund this. So that's it. Yep, that's it. All right, next, tune in next week when we come up with at least six fresh new theories for how RFK <laughs> could have died by a man who shot him 18,000 times with a 22. I'm, 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 I'm already working on a uh, an Elohim theory, so don't worry. The Elohim Jesus wanted Christ. him dead. <laughs> All right, with that, good night. Good night. Later. Later.